Hello. Welcome in, Travis. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you. So welcome in, everybody, to the 2020 Dighton Dynasty League breakdowns. So we're, we're starting something new this year. We're doing weekly breakdowns. Both commissioners are going to give our opinions, and you guys better like it. So we're going to run this very similar to how I used to do the weekly write-ups until I got kicked out of uh, the playoffs and decided that I was uh, too sick and tired of writing them every week. So we're going to kind of run it a little similar to that. So we're going to give a little review of the week that was, the week that's coming, and the power rankings that everybody asked for but nobody ends up liking. But hey, (laughs) you got that right, man. Yeah, everybody always complains about them, but everybody always asks for them and complains when they don't have them. So, yeah, let's start this up uh, with the week that was, if you want to start it up. Absolutely. So, I mean, going right down the line, me versus you, that was a heavyweight matchup. And, I mean, my team just put on an absolute clinic, and I, and I pulled it out. You had the highest score for the week. You were one of only four people to put up the over the 125, which that's the number. Once you hit that 125, you get that's when you should get your win. So, I noticed that, but... The biggest playmaker of that game was over and over and over and over again, Devontae Adams. Only having to give up two firsts for that guy. (laughs) The dude was on fire, and there's nobody else there to get any touches, so I think he's going to have a crazy year. I mean, your team kind of shit the bed, but I like your team moving forward, obviously. You got a lot of stars. We'll be okay. We got got, uh, some some older guys that need to figure their life out, but we'll be okay. (laughs) <laughs> we can shoot on to the next one. Next one, we had Strazik and Larry. Strazik is one of those teams that year in, year out, is just going to be there with those two running backs. They're just going to take him anywhere they want to go. But on yeah, the other side, Larry has the two running backs that can fight him, but the difference is just those wide receivers. Alex is in need of boosting those up. I mean, yeah, all things considered, Larry's had a pretty quick rebuild here. You got those young young studs. He just drafted. He, hopefully, he'll get some production out of them. And uh, hope hope for the best. Maybe he'll make a playoff push. Yeah, he should be sitting right around there. I think that's where I'm going to have him later on today is right on that outside looking in or inside looking out. Awesome. All right, third matchup. We got Colin versus Pickering. That was uh, an interesting one. I was expecting Colin to pull it out, but he had a lot of stinkers on his team, and, and Chris kind of, capitalize on that with his pretty well-rounded team he's got there yeah Chris was one of those teams that coming into the league or coming into this year everybody was kind of down on it but he just has depth in so many different places a player like Mostert that can just he's going to be the guy there everybody didn't want everybody was trying to get cute with everybody else but he's going to be the guy there so he's going to have a good year and Colin with those running backs it's going to be scary quick with Lev now on the IR officially for the next three weeks and having no certainty that Mark Ingram's actually the number one there. Yeah. And then you look at his receivers and I'm kind of afraid of his receivers right now. Odell, the Odell situation, the Allen Robinson situation, you don't quite know what's going to happen there. Yep. Allen Robinson officially today just asked to be traded. So he's looking to move on and move on to the next place, which is kind of crazy. Next we got, Jake Texera, the most improved team against Evan Papp, the team that wants to be the most improved. <laughs> what do you have on this one? So, I mean, Tex, I mean, is it too soon to call it a trade rape um, with the Josh Jacobs trade? But, man, did he put on a clinic. 
And then the, the Jonathan Taylor addition with Marlon Mack now going out. Um, look out for Tex to make a, a pretty star-studded appearance here. Those two running backs plus Eckler. I know Eckler had a tough, tough opening, but he's going to be there. He'll be there in week in and week out. It was just an odd week for that team, not really sure what they were going to be because everybody was expecting them to be ahead of that game, and that was just – I was happy doing the pick to see uh, the Colts lose, but for everybody else, that was just an odd game. For sure. And then on the Pap side of things, I mean, he got some production from Dobbins and Carson, but, I mean, everything else is kind of just up in the air on that team. <laughs> yeah, Dobbins was on the bench, though. So this week, Dobbins will be in the lineup, and – uh, I'll try to have to fend that off, but was hoping for a bigger week for Marvin Jones, being that Kenny Galladay was down, but Marvin Jones just decided that he didn't feel like showing up either. Oh, yeah. Yep, another dog. A lot of that going around week one. All right, uh, let's finish it up. The last matchup, Jabers and Bulls. Um, this is going to be a battle and proved to be the closest battle of the week. Yeah, it was the closest matchup. Bulls. That Dalvin Cook is going to take him anywhere he wants to go. And then is this the year that Calvin Ridley turns into a wide receiver one? He's been in that late wide receiver two conversation, early wide receiver two, but getting 12 targets, nine of them, catching nine of them for 130 and two touchdowns is something that that's crazy. That's that's a big boy play right there. Absolutely. And yeah, who knows? Maybe Sanders will be good again this year with Michael Thomas having some some issues with that ankle. Yeah, that high ankle sprain. He says he's going to play through it, but as a Michael Thomas owner, it makes me a little bit scared. But then, Jabers, I hope you listen to this because Golden Tate was not playing and you had him in your lineup and you only lost by 20, which was a doable shot. So uh, let's, let's get that moving here. I know it was a Monday night, so I know you were hoping that he was going to play, but let's uh, – Let's go, let's get that moving a little bit over here, buddy. Yeah, I, ex- I expect nothing less from, from Joshua Abers <laughs> over here. <laughs> All right, do you have any other uh, input? No, I think we we ran down pretty well. There was no real like tight matchups. You had the high man, Pap had the low man. Only two people under a hundred points. A couple people hovering. If Pap would have put Rogers in over Allen, he would have hit over that hundred mark, but. Him having to choose between those quarterbacks week in and week out is going to be a yeah. Day. You live and you learn, and now he's on the block. He's mad at Rogers. Oh, oh, Rogers is on the block. All right. Well, we'll see. At one point, I think it was two years ago, I offered him two first rounders and a player for him, and I got the no. So I'm very happy that one never ended up going through. Stone cold no way. <laughs> so, um, so what? My favorite matchup coming into this week is definitely going to be Colin against Tex. Colin trying to avoid that 0-2 and, and Tex trying to get back to where he was last year. He was a top-two seed last year, made the bye, did everything he had to do versus Colin, who ended up in that 5-6, ended up squeezing in, and ended up just making his whole way through on the backs of Mahomes and his receivers that were playing at that point. So it's the chance yeah, trying to stay away, a- and then it's Tex trying to get – to that 2-0 and and trying to take over with uh, Josh Jacobs just running everywhere. Absolutely. That's going to be a good, a fun matchup to watch. I have my eyes set on the Fresh Prince of Hilaire against Bulls' team. Uh, Fresh Prince of Hilaire, owned by Alex Lamar. He had a tough week one. Is he going to get some bounce back? We're going to find out. And, and Bulls, can he keep up with that 1-0 record? Just like last year, he had, 
he had a pretty big year. So we'll see what happens there. Larry could go down 0-2. Bulls could go up 2-0. We're going to see what happens. Yeah, which that would that would make Larry go into a little bit of panic, seeing if he actually did have to go get those wide receivers. And same thing with Colin, if this is the year that Colin tries to push back. Because once you move to that 0-2, you have to start thinking about uh, the long term, seeing what picks you have, seeing what picks you don't. And moving into that, we yeah, can that's, that's never a good spot to yeah. be in. Moving into that, we can talk about the big pickups from uh, yesterday into today. Absolutely. So the waiver wire was there, hot. Yeah, there was four pickups morning, yesterday. This morning, a fifty-six, a forty-eight, a three, and a zero. So I'll talk about Texas, and you can talk about your own. So Tex ended up dropping Ian Thomas, uh, tight end, because he's tight end city over there. He's not afraid to pick him up, move him. And it's worked for him. Last year, picked up Noah Font, picking up a little bit of everybody. But he ended up picking up Benny Snell, who could be the number one there. He had his chances last year. He did all right with them. For $56. How do you like that price tag? Connor's kind of banged up. I'm not sure what he really is. So, Benny Snell could be in. But wavering over 50%, he's now down to, I think I looked this up earlier, down to $38 total for the rest of the year. Yikes. He already made his big move, so he's no, no he's getting those bargain moves. guys. Um, and then the second biggest was uh the Naheem Hines. So, talk, talk us through that one. Yeah, I mean, I went for the fences on that one. I lost my boy Marlon Mack, and I had to make a pretty big play. Everyone knows I have no running back, so I'm just trying to do some plug and play strategy there. So, I threw out a ridiculous $48 bid. I thought there was going to be a little bit more interest in, in on him, but I guess Benny Snell was the guy of the week. Yeah, Benny Snell was. The thing that's interesting with Sleeper that you didn't get from ESPN is you can see the other bids. So, coming back. Yeah, I love that. that. I love the, seeing what they're going to the bid. The bid was $11. So, you lost a good $37 on that one, $36, because you only had to bid 12 That's what's crazy about Sleeper, and that's what I really like about it, is that next time you know, or next time the next person knows, so it makes it interesting. Got that right, Travis. <laughs> Next, we have Miles Gaskin, just another running back for Miami. It looks like Jordan Howard, after that, those first couple struggles, they pulled him out. So Colin picked up Miles Gaskin for a little $3, toss him on the bench if he needs him, if he needs to move him um, with his running back needs. Just a good little addition for him. RBBC. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's how it's going to be in Miami. Matt Breida didn't look great. Howard didn't look great. Gaskin looked all right, so they just kind of went with the hot hands. Not sure if it's going to be like that going forward, but they went for it, so you got to respect it. And then last but not least, Tex with that $0 bid on Logan Thomas. He lost the tight end. He wanted to pick one right back yep. up. I think that's what that's yeah, about. He, just, he loves his tight end. He wants to roster as many as he can to see if he can move them. Logan Thomas is 29 years old already, so the dynasty value is – few and far between but he should have a good year with there being no targets there there's terry mclaurin there is a couple bags of balls there's gibson out of the backfield maybe mckissick maybe like there's not much going there so logan Tom- a lot of question marks hey they're one and oh though don't question them <laughs> they are one and oh <laughs> behind ron rivera all right um so i just wanted to touch on the trading block so there's a lot of players on that trading block um, for people out there. So let me just pivot to that. So a couple new additions. We had, I believe, Aaron Rodgers was on there. We had Drew Brees is on there. So we got our old quarterbacks going. 
And then there's still a lot of like young talent going on. Um, the Amari Coopers. Um, who else is there? AJ Green. He's a little old. Keenan Allen's still up. Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Stephon Diggs, Raheem Mostert's on the block, guys. Mostert should be one that the teams with the running back needs should be looking after right now. Take a peek at that. And then to round it out, we have Matt Breida and Chase Edmonds. Wow, we got some guys looking to move some some pretty good players. I like Chase Edmonds as a backup running back to put on the bottom of your roster. Shouldn't cost too much and can can just bring you to that next little spot in your uh, team because – he should, with the injuries that oh, – what's his name? Running back, Arizona. Kenyon Drake. Yeah, the injuries that he had. With the, he was with the, in the walking boot earlier this year. And those little concerns that Chase Edmonds should be somebody that you should be looking after. For sure. So, yeah, guys, don't be afraid to throw some, some people on the block, see if you get any interest. It's, it's a fun feature that Sleeper has. Um, that I think we could all utilize. And if you're not sure of values, you're not sure to text, you can hit the little heart button next to them, and that'll give the other person a notification that you are looking into them and that you agree that uh, we should we should start some negotiations. Great. So you want to dive into those those power rankings after week one? All right. Ten to one. So I have my power rankings, and I have like the movement of the power rankings, like we used to do. So. I think we should just do back and forth. Let's both say 10, give a quick little reason, and keep moving on. So at 10, I have Evan Pack. Who do you have? Yeah, no surprise there. I have Josh Avers okay. at 10. So I have Josh at my nine. So very similar. I just think that Josh has more star power. I think the Kenny Galladay injury, he's going to come back. And I think that Josh has a little more movement in the top end of his players than Evan does. Evan might have a little more depth, but I think that Josh can turn his team around pretty quickly if he wants to. Yeah, I think pretty similarly of both these teams. They got some young guys that can make some noise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like you said, you had uh, Josh at, at nine, I have Pap at nine. So. Yep, very similar. And then at number eight, I have Labulier moving up a spot. So I had him moving from the nine spot in my last power rankings up to eight. He had a good week. He has a little more depth than he's had in years past. So I think he takes takes over those guys. Having the Ronald Jones and seeing that Ronald Jones was actually getting carries was nice for his team. The James Conner injury for now. is worrisome for now. So between James Conner being injured and Ronald Jones getting the carries is kind of like a wash for me. So I had him at my eight seed. I have him at eight as well. I agree with all your points there. All right. Who do you have at seven? I have Alex Lyon at seven. I have him as well. So you can see this. Wow. <laughs> Look at us. We did not coordinate this, people. We did not. No, coordinate. I think it's going to get fun coming up soon, too. Yeah. I mean, we've, we already talked about his backs and his, um, his young players. So he's got a lot of upside on that team. Those three running backs are awesome. The wide receivers with Parker. Couldn't be, he got taken out of the game. Edelman's old. Those are the top two. That kind of makes it tough. Does have the youth that he drafted this year. Just has to uh, see if he wants to go for it this year and try to get some uh, a little bit older players just for the shot or if he wants to sit back and just wait it out. So it's a tough decision to make. Absolutely. All right, who you got at I six? I had six. I had my biggest dropper. It fell five spots for me. I put Colin there. Ooh, me too. Oh, yeah, it's okay. We both – 
dropped. I think that the Le'Veon Bell injury and the Mark Ingram timeshare is going to hurt. I didn't think that timeshare was going to come week one. I thought that was going to be week seven, week eight. You see Dobbins finally like getting the load. Seeing week one, him getting the touches and doing everything he had to makes it tough for me. Yeah, and then, like I mentioned earlier, Odell and, and Allen Robinson, their future's kind of in question. I mean, they're studs, but what are you going to get out of them moving forward? And as well as, like, those tight ends. He's got Ertz and Goddard. So, you, who are you going to play each week? It's it's you got to toss that coin. You Ertz is know. getting all the little catches. Goddard's getting the touchdown. Which would you rather have? It's a tough spot to be, especially with Ertz kind of disputing the contract. He's kind of in a weird spot right now, so makes it fun. At five, I have a two leap. So he went from seven to five for me. I have Chris Pickering. I agree with that pick. I, I him at five. Too. I think Pick has depth that people don't realize. I think he just has. He's gonna be that mid level team. I don't think he's ever gonna put up the most points in the week, but he's never gonna put up the least. He's always just gonna be there. I don't. I don't project him winning at all. But I think that week in and week out, he'll always be. He'll always be there. Yeah, he's, a, he's absolutely just a steady team. He should make the playoffs, no problem. Yep. All right, at, moving on, number four, I have Jake Texera. All right, I had myself at number four at a loss of two, so you can go with Jake Texera first. So, I mean, we touched on it earlier. Jake's team has, has been much improved this year. Um, those running backs, those wide receivers, once Sutton comes back, I mean, Russell Wilson, you can, the list goes on. His team is looking up and up each week. Yeah, with him, I had him at three. I just think that his depth is something that a lot of these teams don't have. Being able to pull a backup tight end off his bench that can do stuff that starters can do. Because I personally love Font, love Jonu. Logan's a shot in the dark, but also having Cortland Sutton on his bench. I know Kirk had a rough week, but Kirk, Mike Williams is awesome. He went all in for Benny Snell, went all in for, he has Fournette, so it's, he has the players off his bench that could be starters on other teams, which makes you a team that with bye weeks, with COVID, with all this scariness going on, he's just one of those teams that I love this year. Absolutely. So, did you have myself at three, I assume? I had you at three, yes. All right. So, we, you can talk about my team first, and then I'll give a little blurb if you'd like. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I really only, only had you at three because you lost our, our heavyweight matchup. I mean, your team's excellent. You had to start 1-0. and One of us was going to. Um, so I think you're going to make a quick bounce back, and you'll be a top three team the whole year. Yeah, uh, just a little nervous on the Nick Chubb-Kareem Hunt split because that's going to be one of those that's going to be fun to look at all year. So that's going to be one of the running backs being played, and the other running back's going to be Todd Gurley versus David Johnson. So trying to guess right week in, week out, and the two old guys and the two Browns is not a fun place to be in. Uh, not a bad, not a bad choice though. Not a yeah, bad decision a between those be, guys. Good tough options. Tough place to be. So I had myself at four and Tex at three. So at two, I had Strazik. Me too. Yep. Uh, so his starting lineup's awesome. There's no holes in that. Week in and week out, he probably has the top lineup or the second best lineup. The only concerns he's had for the last two years, three years, has been that bench. It's getting better. Now he has an extra wide receiver off it because I think that Will Fuller is going to have another bounce back year. I know it happens every year. Everybody says that, but when he's healthy, there's nobody better than him. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he can flip Diggs and, and Will Fuller. Those will probably be the biggest flips on his team. Everyone else is kind of unplayable at the moment. He's kind of hoping Miko makes that jump. I mean, he paid that first-round pick, so hopefully he'll turn into the next Juju in Mike's eye. Yeah, the problem with Miko is there is just so many mouths there. Yep. From watching that weapons. game, because that was one that I watched every play of, it seems like he is just the Tyreek replacement, and they don't have any other thoughts for him. He wasn't yeah. really doing much else. Little nervous about Keenan Allen with that offense, but he'll be okay. He'll get it. He'll get his. Last but not least, I have you at the number one seed. Me as well. I'll I'll let you talk about my team and I'll sit back and oh, yeah, you'll love everything I'm about to say. You ready? So the four wide receivers, like I've said for a while now, the best in the league. You can't beat those. And then off the bench, having Deontay Johnson, who had a big week, Marquise Brown, who had a big re- week, CD Lamb, stud. Then you can even say Claypool looks like he has some projection. Rieger has the projection. Evan Ingram with the projection. That bench for wide receivers and tight ends, awesome. Running back, it's better after week one. Week one, everything kind of happened the right way besides Marlon Mack going down. I think Singletary and Moss are going to have a timeshare. Naheem Himes is going to get every single catch there. So it's probably better for him. Malcolm Brown. Looks like the week one workhorse. I don't think that's going to last, though. But Gibson's a starter, and Kelly ended up with more carries in the second half than Eckler did, which is awesome for him. So I think that everything went right in week one for your team with Lamar Jackson and Andrews. Any touchdown was just Lamar closing his eyes and throwing it anywhere near Andrews, and he was pulling it in one hand or behind his back. It didn't matter. So I think that team Absolutely. I think the thing that will kind of dethrone me here is is if anything happens to Lamar. Um, not trying to jinx it, knock on wood here, but I'm kind of living through Lamar here. Yeah, with just Sam Darnold on the bench makes it a little risky, especially because that Jets team just looks like they aren't going to win a the game. They're going to be bad this year. They're going to be strong. Adam Gase. Adam Gase, man. Yeah, Gase. Hey, he, for some reason, GMs love him. Teams love him. <laughs> And he can honestly thank his entire career to Peyton Manning because he was the offensive coordinator for that best offense ever. When they broke every record, he was the offensive coordinator, a.k.a. Peyton Manning was the offensive coordinator, and he made his life. So it's kind of kind of crazy story for him. Yeah. Rich guy because of it. Got to love that. All right, that's all that I have. Anything else for you? No, I think we're good here. Um, so thanks, everybody, for joining us for the week one recap here uh stay tuned for week two thanks travis commissioner travis i think we had fun thank you talk to you next week all right take care